0: Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're going to dive into all things God's design for healthy sexuality. Let's talk about it. First John 4.4 says, He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And we're going to talk about some hard topics today. Part of me would love to talk about some things that would make you shout and clap and dance around and feel good about your life. (laughs) But I want to talk about some things that I believe will shift your life and decisions that you need to make. If you really want to be a Christ follower, if you really want to be a man of God, if you really want to be a woman of God, then these things must be decided. They must be part of who you want to be, and they have to be a part of your decision-making. And so we're going to get into that. And I'm honored. So can we pray today? Good. The five of us want to pray. Amen. I'm glad you came to Jesus Culture. Let's just pray that you guys will want to pray. Lord, I pray that they would want to pray. No, okay, wait, wait. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Amen. Amen. Now, I have, I am so excited, first of all, I'm so honored to be at Jesus Culture and it is always an honor, and I have stories about CJ and Banning that would make you blush and I'm going to hold back a little, because I, I have, I've got some stuff on them, but uh, we have been friends for almost 20 years, in fact, Banning married Ben and I uh, many, many years ago, and, um, but we now, my husband is in the room, we have four boys, I'm a mother of four sons, and um, is anybody a man in the room and you know it? Just wave at me. You're, you are very confident of that. Okay, awesome. So we have a, an, a nine-year-old boy named Judah. And I think I have a picture of them. Hopefully I have a picture of the boys. Uh, there they are. Aren't they so cute? Yeah, there's a whole lot of hugging going on. Um, Judah is nine. And he is, he is amazing. And he is in the room. And Hudson is seven. He is in the room as well. And then Grayson is four, and uh, he is not here, but he is a little raspy voice and uh, very, uh, he, you know, the other day I walked in the room and he goes, Mom, I said, what's wrong, Grayson? And he goes, you look lovely. <laughs> so I'm dumping Ben and I'm marrying him. No, no, that's weird. And then um, the other day he said, Mom, when do I become an adult? I said, Grayson, why do you want to become an adult? He said, Well, when do I get a, when do I get a woman? <laughs> I said, Grayson, what do you mean? He goes, I just I want to be married. I said, Grayson, you can marry me, and he goes, No, 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 Mom, I want a woman all to myself. <laughs> so he's in therapy and. Um, <laughs> And then um, Beckham is our three-year-old, and uh, he believes that he uh, he should be six, and he thinks God is very mean that he put him in a three-year-old body, and so he is, he is uh, at home as well. And I grew up in a very, very female home. I mean, I have a, I have an identical twin sister who she's in the room somewhere, and um, and I have uh, I mean, we are I have a, a mom who's here as well, and I have an Italian dad who's almost a girl, and we have. <laughs> And you, you guys, understand, anybody, have an Ital- anybody have any Italian or, you know, and so, I, I mean, very female home. My dad would cry at commercials. All of us girls would be like, you know, that's just how we grew up. And so when I, had, when I got married and now I have four boys, I am learning boy world. Boy world is a completely different world than girl world. Let me just tell you, in 38 years of being on the earth, being married, being a wife, being a daughter, being a pastor, being a best friend, for 38 years, I have never asked one of my friends to kick me in the crotch, not once. But boys, they may do it once, but they're gonna ask. And boys are so different, and I love it. I love, my, I love my boys because they have a masculine heart. And I've been raised in a female home, and I'm now living in a, a male home, a masculine home, and I'm learning about the two differences. And one thing that I would have said early on and and being in a female home, I did not understand a few clear things that I believe are really almost biblical. I did not understand the world of Star Wars. I thought Star Trek and Star Wars were the same thing. I mean, that's how. I know. I know. And so as I, as I began to have sons and, a, and, a, and an amazing husband, I began to learn about Star Wars. And so all of a sudden, we would go to Disneyland. I love Disneyland. And we would go in. Anybody love Disneyland? <laughs> Me too. I, I'm, you guys love Disneyland more than prayer. I'm going to pray for you guys. But we would... Uh, You know, we would learn, and and then all of a sudden there was costumes. In fact, I I have a picture of of Beckham somewhere. I believe I gave that to you guys. This is kind of what we live with most days. And so we, like, grow. This is what I wake up to in the morning, and I am met with lightsabers and guns and costumes and Darth Vader and, uh, you know, all of stormtroopers and all this. And I love it. And and so when the movie began to come out, I was so excited about the one that was coming out. I was probably more excited than my boys. I planned it out. I planned my outfit. Because that's what guys do to go to Star Wars. No, wait. And, um, and I was all excited, and when I got there, I'm watching this epic movie, and we, we were in line with people that had been in line three or four times. How many of you are, that's you, you're willing to admit it, you saw it a couple times? And I loved it, I mean, I loved the movie. I thought the movie was incredible. I would see it again today if I could. It was that, it was just incredible. Does anybody wanna say amen to that? Okay, good. So, but there was a part in the movie that I, sat back and i felt like it it was like so spiritual it took my breath away do you guys ever have god speak to you in movies yeah. see i believe god can speak to us in all different ways specifically those of us that are visual and creative we see god in different things and so as i'm seeing this movie i'm watching this young woman who doesn't know who she is and she's hidden and she's waiting for her family to come back, and, and waiting to be rescued, and she's surviving. And then all of a sudden, and I'm not trying to do a total spoiler alert, so I'll kind of talk in code for those of you that have watched the movie. I want to be invited back. But she begins to find out who she is through this, all these circumstances, and there's this point where she, has, she finds a lightsaber and I, I grabbed this one last night at Walmart. My boys are very offended because it's red and red is not part of it. So again, I'm still learning. These are $3, you can get them yourself. But anyway, okay. And she begins to fight and as she's fighting her enemy I'm watching this and she's, she's a skilled fighter. She's athletic. She knows what she's doing. But as she's fighting, the whole room is, is engaged in this battle. As she's battling this, this enemy. But as she's battling him, I can see kind of myself in this. Not her, obviously her athletic build, but more than that. <laughs> I could see... This part of her that was battling, and I understand because, see, we're all in a battle. I gotta turn this thing off. We're all in a battle. I gotta turn this thing off. (laughs) Jesus, heal this lightsaber. Amen. (laughs) You see, the Bible is so clear that we are not just hanging out waiting for weekends. We're not just hoping that somebody prays away everything and we can get on with buying the latest and greatest and vacationing in the coolest places and marrying the cutest person or at least dating them or... But that we have been enlisted in a battle to fight for a generation that needs Jesus. And as I watch this woman battle I thought, I can relate to this woman because she is battling, and so am I. And she has this lightsaber that she's battling, and I'm immediately reminded of the scripture that says so clearly, Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You are in a battle, and T.D. Jake says it so well. He says, you must understand your enemy, for you cannot defeat what you do not understand. And the reality is, and I've talked about this previously, but there are times when there's a part of the church that never talks about the enemy ever. Come on. And when someone acts crazy, they take them in the back room with sister so-and-so in hopes that the person who's acting crazy comes back acting right. Nobody wants to know what happens back there, but we hope that they act right. Come on, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. And then there's a whole nether side of the church that's here a devil, there a devil, everywhere a devil, devil. Come on. You sneeze and they're like, be released in Jesus' name. You're like, I just sneezed. They're like, it was more than that. You clearly look freer. I ran it, you know, I need gas. The devil's in your car. I mean, it's just, it's very clear that there's a lot going on. And the Bible says in John ten ten that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And the truth is, if you break those words down, the thief in the original Greek is the word klepto which relates to someone taking. How many of you know the word kleptomania or kleptomaniac? Come on, someone who can't compulsively takes. And then the word steal, kill is another word that doesn't actually mean murder, although we've probably preached that so many times that the devil's a murderer and a killer, and he is. He, he's violent and he's, da- he's, a, he's a danger if we are not aware of his schemes. But that word means to sacrifice. And so the passage in John 10.10 says that the enemy comes to steal and what he cannot steal from us, listen, listen, listen. What the enemy cannot steal from us, he will convince you to sacrifice. And the truth is the church is giving away a lot more than the enemy is taking. The truth is that the enemy is convincing you and wearing you out and overwhelming you and convincing you that you have held up, waited, prayed, sought God for too long, and he's forgotten about you. It's not gonna happen for you. There's a lot of people that are uglier than you getting married. (laughs) Don't look around. (laughs) Come on. And the truth is, that if he can wear you down, he doesn't have to take it from you, you will just give it away. And today I wanna talk about your sexuality. And I wanna talk about the way that you were created because we can't sing high praises to God and be a spiritual person without it being connected to our soul and our bodies. And oftentimes we will gather in places like this and we will want connection to God which is awesome, and I commend it, and I want it for you. But you are a soul as well with a mind, will, and emotion. And you are a body, and you cannot do something with your body that does not affect your soul and spirit. And I wanna teach you a little today about that. I wanna empower you. I want you to walk out of here knowing who God has called you to be in the midst of this. And I want you to open your heart to what I'm gonna say. Because again, the enemy wants to take from us. I know what it's like to be on the end of giving away things. I was 17 years old when I gave my heart to Christ. I've told this story more times than I can count, but it is the power of my life because it's the power of Jesus. I went to a meeting much like this, and some guys had picked my sister and I up to go to a party, and I was a church kid. I was one that when I went to Jesus culture, although there wasn't a Jesus culture back then, there were other places, I would worship and cry and do all that stuff, but at school, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to make sure I fit in. I didn't have to necessarily be with all the cool kids. I just didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to be embarrassed. Anybody with me? Look at you, you can't even raise your hand. You're like, I'm I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) So the guys picked us up that night, and we got in the backseat of that car. The music is blaring, and I'm in the backseat, and all of a sudden, I feel the Spirit of God come in this car my heart begins to beat and I know that I need to say something, but I don't know what to say, I just know I need to say something. So I shout out over this music, can you turn the music down? The guys awkwardly turned the music down and I didn't know what to say, so I just blurted out, I have a call of God on my life. It was very awkward. There's no piano player, there's no pastor, there's no follow the ushers. Just not, it was just, it was awkward. The guys are silent. They say nothing. And I'm beginning to weep because there's something that happens to our hearts when we begin to make the right decision. And we choose, listen, listen, to become who we want to really be. There's something that happens when we choose to either be hot or cold and we just go, I'm in it. And I don't really care if anybody's in it either. I'm like, it's just me. I'm God, it's me and you for life forever. I don't care who's following me. I don't care if my sports team follows me, if my boyfriend or girlfriend follows me, if my sister or brother follows me. I don't care if anyone's watching. I'm watching you and you alone and I'm with you and something listen listen the power of god hits your life when you just become single-minded the bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and part of you dealing with being unstable is because you haven't really picked what side you want to be on so i'm sitting in the back of this car and i'm weeping before god and like what is going on i know i'm like ruining this friendship and everything that's in all of this and then I say with tears streaming down my face, I am like, you're welcome to come with me if you want, but this is what I'm going to do. I didn't have a plan. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew I, I said it, and I felt God on it. They took us to the house that night. They didn't even say anything. They just drove us home, which I still think is hilarious. I never actually heard a word out of their mouths ever again. They were just speechless by the power of God. No, I have no idea. They're like, this girl's crazy. Well, look who's laughing now. No, okay. So anyway, no, wait, wait, okay. So I get we go into our house that night and I kneel down by the bed and I say this prayer. I'm not much. I'm young. I'm a girl. And I have no special giftings or graces that I I know are evident. In fact, I've had learning disabilities my whole life. I can barely read and write, and I can't even read my own handwriting, and I am not going to medical school, so this is a problem. (laughs) But if you can use anyone, you're welcome to use me. And I wish that the heavens opened that night. It would make a fantastic story today. But you know what? We don't need the heavens to open for it to mean anything. Because heaven does open even if we don't feel it. And the truth is, the truth is that that day, I chose what side I wanted to battle for. But the battle was on. It wasn't time for me to sit back and go, eh. I'm good. I chose God. Life's going to be great. (laughs) Bring my stud muffin now. Thank you so much. I'm ready to have my four sons. No, no, listen. The battle was on for my mind, my heart, my emotions, all of it. And I was going to have to say yes every day of my life because a thousand yeses make one big yes in our lives. And the truth is, when my spirit said yes, I had to give God not just my spirit, I had to give him my body as well. And I had to give him all of that, and I want to give you some insight on what that looks like. You see, there is a battle for purity in our lives. And purity may sound like something to you, specifically if you've been raised in the church, purity may sound like or look like someone we know. But I would like to decode this a little because purity in the biblical sense means being free from guilt and shame. So it actually doesn't mean virginal, although that might be a sign of it at times. It means virtuous, which is something we all can have. And so God, in his mercy, teaches us about the battle of purity in our lives. When we come to a place like this and we sing songs and we begin to worship, God goes, I want it all. And we're like, you can have it all. You can have my song. You can have my friends. And he's like, I want it all. Everything, God? Yeah. Okay, God. Even my sex drive? Yeah. Even that. Well, that's weird, God. Why is it weird when I created it? You see, so many of us go to altar calls praying that God will take our sex drive away and he's not going to take away something that he gave us. Come on. So many of us feel guilty and ashamed we'll come and we'll go, God, forgive me. Give me a sex drive on my honeymoon night. Like maybe an hour before. But make me a nun before that so I can serve you God goes no that's not how it works because I want to partner with you in the, in the journey in the story and in, in your spirit soul and body and I'm not afraid to be with you in it I'm not afraid to be with you in the struggle in the success in the failure in the confidence in the insecurity In the whoops or in the, oh yeah, I'm not afraid because I'm a good father and I want to be with you. And I know all about it because I created it. I made it. You see, Genesis 2, 2, 22 says this. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of a man. And he brought him to her. And the man said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. Or some people say, whoa, man. (laughs) For she was taken out of a man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united united to his wife, and they became one flesh. Listen, listen. Verse 25 gives us understanding. This is so important. This is not what the world is telling us. This is not what the world is feeding you. This is not what you're hearing. But this is what the Bible is giving us. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now I want you to understand something. And for those of you, I hope you can catch this. That word naked in The Hebrew is very clear. That word, they felt, they were naked, actually means without clothes. I have some pictures. No, okay, listen. (laughs) No. It actually means without any wearing anything. So it does mean that they were bare, and it actually means bare and naked. That's kind of where we get the word bare naked. But then it says they were without shame. And that means this. Listen, this is important. It's the word boosh in the Hebrew. And it means that they were not disappointed. Here's the truth. Sex is a gift. Your body is a gift. You being a man, you being a woman was a gift from God. He knew exactly what he was making when he made you. He's not afraid of it. He loves you for who you are. And he knows what's going on in the inside of you. But God made a man for a woman. And he made it in such a way that when we come together as a man and a woman, that we would be really... We would bear our souls, but that we would also not be disappointed. Not in the beginning, but throughout. And I want to explain this a little. With my boys, we have four boys, and they're at the age right now where most days they run around in their underwear and capes. And then every once in a while, my husband gets dressed. No, okay, let's say no, no. <laughs> but you know in our home it's it's awesome because I have four boys and no one is sexual yet Everybody is just innocent. It's their it's their bodies. They love it. In fact, our boys test their strength, and they're doing wall stands, and you know they're like you know somersaults and jumping from item to item, and you know they're they're having all this fun, and but they are not ashamed of their bodies because God made it, and they're strong, and they have beautiful bodies, and and something that I love as a mom when I watch my boys walk around is the first thing I want them to believe two truths about them is that number one they are enough that what they have, even though they all have different shapes, one of them is tall, one of them is short, one of them has a raspy voice, one of them has man teeth. (laughs) I love that about them. Why? Because I want them to know that how they were created is enough. And the second thing I want them to know is that it's good. And this is the lie that the enemy came to lie to Adam and Eve and has come to lie to our generation. And that is the enemy came and told Adam and Eve that what you are is not enough. You need to eat the apple to know what's enough. You need to eat something to know what's enough. Listen, I love you. But every song that's being played, movies that are we're watching, come on. Things things that we are seeing consistently in our on our screens are giving us the message that we are not enough. The size of our bodies, our height, our hair, our eyes, our skin, size of our muscles, Clean it up. The size. (laughs) It's a consistent message that says you are not enough. And what God made is not good. And so you need to figure it out on your own. And I want you to know, and I will probably mom you a little right now, you are enough. Not because, not because I think you're cute, which I do, but because when God created you in your purest form, he said, that's good. I love her eyes. I love his body. I love the way he looks. I love his laugh. I love the way that he thinks about life and how he processes. I love the way that he... Dreams. I love all about, I love everything about him and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of him. I think what I made is pretty good. And the greatest place for shame to hide in our lives is our sexuality. The enemy wants to put shame on display in our sexuality. He wants to hold on to our minds, our will and our emotion, and he wants to lie to us and grab a hold of us. Listen, listen, there is a reason why seven out of 10 men in this room are viewing pornography on a regular basis. There's a reason why five out of 10 girls are. And the reason most leaders don't talk about it is because they're so ashamed either of their story or because they don't have any power over it themselves. So the church is not helping any of us because none of us feel that powerful in it. And maybe we're eating the apple. And I'm saying today, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and don't believe the lie. Listen, listen. Do not believe the lie that says you're always going to live this way, think this way, be this way. This is just who you are. Something's wrong with you. You'll never be free. Your dad was this way. You're going to be this way. Come on. Your mom was this way. This is how you're going to be. No, 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 no. You have a different DNA. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. You have the Spirit of God inside of you, and He can begin to shift and change. The reality of what the enemy has come to steal, kill, and to destroy inside of you. God wants to put his nature on display in our families and in our purity. You see, your purity is one of those powerful things about your life. Why is purity so powerful, Havilah? Why? I'll tell you why. Because purity says, I'm enough and what I have is enough. Look, just, hold, just listen for a minute. Purity says, what I have is enough. I may not have done everything right. Listen, listen, this is not about, listen, I know some people, can I just get real since it's like four or something in the afternoon and I'm not probably gonna see you tonight. Cause I gotta go home and change diapers and you know, all that stuff. I got picture, no, okay, listen. <laughs> the truth, the truth is there are some people that are virginal that are totally perverted. Just because you haven't been with a woman but you're viewing them naked all the time doesn't make you pure. Come on. And then there are some people that love God and have had a crazy past but they love God and they have been washed in the blood and the mercy of Jesus and they are so pure on the inside. And so we've got to get this story right in our culture, in our community. Come on, we've gotta get this story right. The Bible says that when God made a man, he formed him out of dirt. There's a reason. Don't, don't you think that's amazing? Like when I think about that, there's a reason why men don't mind being dirty. Can I just get an amen like all the way in the back? Like is it Now, some of you men, some of you I know some of you are like that's not me. Okay, well you're like one in a thousand. So calm down. But There's a reason why men don't mind being dirty, right? Because you like to be outside. You like to explore. Men love adventure. I'm with five of them. And I love the masculine heart. I love the male heart that says, I want to explore and see the world and change my world. And I love that part of a man that, that isn't, isn't caught up in things being all together, but they, they love to like be focused and they focus on things and they, 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 you know, it's like the Bible says when a man was formed, it was like a pot that was made out of clay and it was formed to hold something. Did you know your masculine heart? Listen, men, your mass the way God created you, you're, you're, you were formed to hold something, to contain, not just God, but I think you were made to contain adventure. You were made to contain desire and passion. You know, there's a reason, you know, so much of the world is like, men are just, you know, they're just, all they do is they're just full of lust. Everything they see is just, everything they look at, they just want, they're all just a button. No, listen. I'm so sorry. I live with five men. That is not true. Men are visual. Men are visual. But God created a man to be visual so that he could admire beauty. And God created a man to love beauty because God wanted a man to want his wife even when she didn't feel lovely when she didn't feel beautiful, she could walk in the room and he, and, mom, you are lovely. That is the heart of a man, is to see beauty and a beauty on display, a man to go, wow, you may not feel gorgeous, but I know gorgeous and that is gorgeous over and over again. There's a reason why God doesn't mind and forgive me, I don't think I've cleared this by banning, but I'll clean it up later, he loves me. There's a reason why it doesn't take much for a man to be, to want a woman. She just has to show up. <laughs> Naked and ashamed. You know what I mean? Like, But why? Because God wanted a, a man can appreciate the beauty of a woman. I commend that in you. And I want you to begin to be careful, men, of what you look at. I want you like Job talks about in the Bible, Job. It says, it says so clearly in Job 31.1, it says, I, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. I love how they amplified, I made a solemn pact with myself never to undress a girl with my eyes. Man, I don't know what he's talking about. That's not very clear. No, listen. <laughs> How do you get pure? you got to make a covenant. you got to say, I'm, I'm making a covenant with my eyes. Now, girls, you go, oh, do we slip by? I mean, we're not super visual. Does that mean we got, no, no, listen, girls. I can say it because I is one. <laughs> girls, this is our weakness. Men, men, no, okay, no, no listen. This is our weakness you'll get it later <laughs> girls can create fantasies in their minds about life why do you think the bachelor was so popular and has been do you think it's real life that every time you go on a date you you go on a helicopter and get a rose <laughs> can I, we just break down marriage if my husband empties a dishwasher he's probably going to get laid Like, do do you know, like, in a godly way, in a godly, godly way? But the world, listen, listen, the world has fed a it says what men are are not enough. What they bring to the table is not enough. That their masculinity is sadly is lacking. And what you need is a real, is really a man that's really a woman on the inside. Come on. That talks you like a woman, that dresses like a woman, that pursues you like a woman, but is all man. Thank you. I'm trying to (laughs) and there's a reason why fifty shades of gray oh gosh yes we're gonna talk about listen do you know why that was a number one seller why because there was a created fantasy world. I did not read it and I would like to be very clear about that but we get all about this the pornography world but there is a whole literature and novel world that women read that we think is pure because we're not seeing it. But what we are doing is we are creating idols of stories that are sexual in nature and they are changing the way we respond to each other. And the truth is this, the Bible says when Adam knew Eve in the Bible, there was a word in the Hebrew that's yada, Y-A-D-A. There was a whole lot of yada going on. What did they do? Well, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, no, listen. (laughs) A yada means to be known, and I'm borrowing this, but the term is also means to be respected. So sex cannot be fully enjoyed unless there is a measure of being known, fully known, and fully respected. And respect only comes when you've given your entire life to someone. In front of God and everyone. Now listen, now listen, listen, listen. We were like, yay, that's right. That is much easier said than done. So I want us to be a little respectful of the reality that we want to say yes to that. But the truth is, is that the world tells us that it's the clubbing, single, hot, Man and woman that are getting it on a lot more and having a lot more sex and are a lot happier. And that actually statistically, scientifically, and secularly is not true. In fact, married people are way happier in their relationships intimately. Why? Why would they say? I don't know. Maybe God wasn't lying. (laughs) Maybe God knew what he was doing when he formed us. And maybe there's more than just a physical connection. Maybe it really is about a man saying, I do for the rest of my life. And a woman saying, I do for the rest of my life. I choose you. And when I choose you, means I'm saying no to a thousand others. Keep it together. Like I had to. Okay, that's what you're trying to say. Okay, okay. So, women, we need to make a covenant with what we read and the storylines that we feed and the part of us that holds men to stories that are not true and not godly. But we need to look. Now, I want you to understand that word yada was not reserved just for Adam and Eve. But that word is hundreds of times in the, New Test- in the Old Testament For relationship between God and us and the Bible says those that know their God those that yada their God will be strong and do great exploits and the truth is you are never going to be what anyone needs unless you find out what God can really be in your life and you only want someone to be second place in your life. You want God to be first place in your life. And that is the only safe woman and the only safe man that you will ever have. If you are number one in their life, then you are in a dangerous place. Because the truth is you will fail them not because you want to, but because you would just it's the way you were created. Only God never fails. So we can co- be confident and say, I will fail, but he will not. So he's in first place. Now, what do we do? Here's what we do. We make a covenant with God. And I love the thought when she's fighting. At the end of the movie, she's beginning to fight. And there's a real battle. And you'll, you'll see it as she's fighting this, this battle. And, and it feels like it's the same, the same strength that's happening at the same time. All of a sudden, she uses the force. And the truth is, it's not until you realize what's on the inside of you are you ever going to be able to live at what God's called you to. And some of you right now are, you're living according to the word of God. You're trying with all your might and you're failing and you're going, "Havlo, what do I do? And I would say, you need to use the force. You need to get with God and you need to ask him, God, help me, anoint me. I wanna make a covenant, but I also wanna live it out. Ben, will you come and play? This is my baby maker right here. (laughs) My husband, I love him. Calm down, men, calm down. Okay, so listen. I love you, I love you, I love you. But until you surrender that part of your your life to God, you're never going to get what you need from him. And the part of you that says, God, I give you my spirit and soul, mind, will, and emotions, but my body is mine, you're never going to get what you really need. And so when we say, I surrender all to Jesus, it really is about all to Jesus. And I don't know if we've had an opportunity to do this together, but I wanna give us a moment to surrender to him. And I wanna pray for you. I know there's a lot of things that are waiting for us like dinner and other things, but I wanna ask us to sit for a minute because this could be one of the most important moments of your whole life. The Spirit of God is coming in this room today and he is saying, you are enough. And what I made is so, so good. But it's time to surrender to me. So if you will close your eyes just for a moment of focus. I want to ask you today. Some of you, you have never walked with Jesus. I mean, you've said, yeah, you know, I I love God. I came to Jesus culture, someone drugged me here, but I've given him maybe parts of me, but I've never given him my whole story. I've never given him my whole sexuality. I've never given him all of me and Havila. Honestly, if I was to pass away, pa- pass tonight, I-, I would not be confident that I would wake up in the arms of Jesus. I I don't think I would. In fact, I don't know what my if my eternity is set. And I want I want to I want to know. I want to know with an eternal confidence that I am His and He is mine. That I'm His. I'm His daughter. I'm His son. And I, I want to get it clean. I want to start fresh today. I've I've never done that. I have never done that. If that is you and you're saying. Havilah, today I want to make a fresh commitment before Jesus Christ. I want to invite him into my life to be Lord and Savior of my life. Just raise your hand, Wave, wave at me right now. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, wave at me, good. Lots of hands, wave at me, good, lots of hands. Wave at me all the way in the back, just wave at me right now, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, just say that's me, that's me, that's me, wave at me right now. Slip your hand down for a minute, lots of hands. Some of you, you said Havilah, I came to Jesus culture and to be honest, if people were to see me, they would think I'm a total hypocrite. They would think like, man, she doesn't act that way at school, she hangs at Jesus culture, she hangs at church but she doesn't, she's trying to be cool at school and I need I need to know that I'm like, I'm living for God and I, I'm tired of being in the middle, I'm tired of Maybe I did it one time, but I'm not living at this today. And I I want to give him everything. I want to know what it feels like to know that I'm all in. I want to know what it feels like to be his. I want to know what it feels like to, to have a fresh start and a clean mind and, and begin again. That's what I want to know. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. Just wave at me right now. Yep, There. Would, I knew there would be lots of you. Just wave at me right now. Good. Lots of you. Just wave all the way in the back. Wave at me right now. If you waved your if you waved your hand for one of those things I want you just to stand right now. Don't be afraid. This is your moment to make that commitment right now. It doesn't matter what your friend is saying. It doesn't matter who your it doesn't matter if your boyfriend is here, your girlfriend is here. It doesn't matter just stand right now. Stand right now. Stand right now. Stand right now. Your heart is beating because you know it's a moment. Stand right now. Make the decision. Don't hesitate. Don't stop. He loves you. This is your, this is your moment. This is your moment. So do it. Just stand. Just stand. I don't care. There's a moment in time where we make decisions and everything shifts for us. Do it right now. I want you just to lift your hands right now. If you stood for one of these one of these calls, just wave it. Yep. Lift your hands right now. Yep. Yep. Just just wait. There it is. I want you to say this with me, Jesus. Just say it out loud. Say it, remember, confessing with our mouths, believing in our hearts. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. I give you my spirit, soul, and body. I'm signing up again. I want to serve you. I want to be the man or woman I'm called to be. I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I'm all in. I'm not turning around. The future is mine, because you are mine. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Now just stay standing for one minute, I'm almost done. I wanna say this. Some of you, it's time to recommit your purity to to Jesus. It's time to stand again and say, you know, Havilah, I, I need, I need, to, I need to, to make a fresh start in the way that I've, I've lived my life on a pure level. I, I'm not free from guilt and shame. I, the things I've seen, the things I've said, the things I've joked about, the, the people I, I've been around, I, I, I just need a fresh start and that's me today. Like I, I need that, I don't even know what that's supposed to fully look like but I heard what you said and I, I just trust it. I feel like God, is, God wants to give me that. If that's you today, I want you to stand and join these ones that are brave enough to stand. Just stand right now, say, I, and that would have been me. I would have been with you at times. Just stand right now, say, that's me. Just stand right now, don't hesitate. In the back, stand, just say, that's me, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready right now, I'm gonna join. Husbands, wives, moms, dads, don't just think my youth are here. If this is your moment, just stand. I want us, listen. Today we're gonna to make a covenant right now before God. We're gonna say, I'm gonna make a covenant for what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing and I wanna give God all of me. If that's you, and listen, I've done it before and I'll do it again. This is what it looks like to be fully his. If that's you, I want us to say this with, with, with just say it with me, but let's ask him. Can we do that together? Okay, let's lift our hands for just one more moment. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm engaging in the battle for purity. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. I don't know how to fully do it, but I believe that you're living on the inside of me and I trust your power in my life. And I ask that you would help me. I ask that you would show me how to live this in a fresh way. Anoint my heart with this truth. I make a covenant with my eyes. I make a covenant with my heart. I want to be with you. I wanna experience you in a pure way. So I give you this in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Thank you guys for listening. If you wanna learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.